I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> I mean, these people, let's talk about the border tonight. We have a great special for you tonight on the border. Let's talk about the border. Now, you and I have had this talk before, but we're going to have it again. You know I call the Democrats the anti-American party. Not un-American. No, 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 no. They're not un-American. They're anti-American, meaning they're actively working to bring down the United States of America. And I obviously get some pushback on that because that's quite a thing to say, right? That's quite an accusation to level at an entire political party. It's pretty extreme. Jess, are you sure about that? Okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. If you heard, let's say you get home tonight, as soon as you're done watching I'm Right and turned it off, and you get home tonight and you see in the news, Jesse Kelly is allowing everyone in his home. And you say, okay, well, that's got to be a misleading headline, right? I mean, he's got a wife, a couple little kids. And I'm sure, that's not true. But then you dig into the article and you find out it's true. I live in the Houston area. I've put out ads, actually, in the local paper, on the local news. I'm running TV commercials, and I'm saying everybody's welcome to come in. Come on in, eat all my food, sleep in all my stuff, take whatever you want. Come on in. And then you're thinking to yourself, all right, um, maybe it's a charity he's running or something. I wonder... I wonder where the wife and kids are staying. But you keep reading and you find out, wait, his wife and kids are still home? What, what about all those homeless people and criminals and people coming into the home? Does Jesse not care about his kids and his wife? He must not care. His actions tell me he doesn't care. And you'd be right. You see, I don't need any other evidence on any other issue to prove to me Democrats are the anti-American party. Their border stance tells me that. You, you have things you care about, like your home. You control access to it. You get a knock at the door, midnight tonight, you go to the door, look through your little peephole, see some guy with a teardrop tattoo on his face, are you letting him in? Of course not. Why? You care about your home. You care about the people in your home. Now, if you didn't care at all about the home and frankly you wanted the place trashed, you'd throw open the door and say, come on in, buddy. Hey, nice spiderweb tattoo. Which prison did you get that one in? Of course you would. It's not a mystery why the border is open. This is not a mystery. It's not difficult to figure out. People act as if it's difficult to figure out for one reason and one reason only. Accepting reality is too hard. It's, it's too much. It's too much. If you're, if you're a person on the right right now and you're watching everything that's happening to your culture in horror, and I know you are because I am, you're watching everything that's happening in horror, you want to believe, you have to believe, you have to hold it in your heart and soul to give you some hope that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and maybe the other side will wake up and won't be quite so crazy so we can come together and get this band back together again, right? We'll come back together. 
but that's not going to happen. They're not trying to improve the house like you are. They're not trying to throw on a new coat of paint, maybe get the old lady a new stove. They're not trying to do that. They're trying to burn it down. And I don't need any more evidence other than what they're doing at the border. The Biden administration, Kamala Harris included, they're not only opening the border, they're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars every day to make sure it stays open. Picture that. Trump had the wall being built. The Biden administration not only stopped it, they're spending a fortune every day to make sure it can't continue anymore. They're that committed. The door is actually trying to close and the Biden administration is keeping it open. No, 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 no. Keep it open. Everybody, come on in. Trash the place. Oh, don't worry about the wife and kids. Do whatever you want with them. That's the reality. I don't need any more evidence. Look at this. These numbers. This is from July alone. July alone. Roughly 210,000 migrants encountered, which was the highest total since 2000. Of those migrants, 19,000 were unaccompanied minors, which is the most in the history. It's most all time. There were 80,000 migrant families, and the amount of co- people coming are 389% of the COVID-adjusted capacity. One Texas mayor in Laredo, I mean, we're, I'm in Texas, we're being just absolutely besieged by this thing down here. One, one mayor in Laredo, he said they're being held in inhumane conditions. Of course they are. Of course they are. And you know what? I'm not defending the administration, nor would I. As you know, I'm going off on them right now. But the facilities don't exist to house that many people in humane conditions. They don't exist. You can open up every uh, football stadium and convention center in America. You can't house the number of people coming in. So what are they doing with them? What are they doing with these people? Well... They don't want to risk the bad press of the media getting in there and videotaping these facilities. Looks bad, right? Especially after you spent four years under Trump calling it, what was that word? Concentration camps? I believe that was the word, right? So they can't risk that. What are they doing? Oh, it's a two-part effort. No, not to stop illegal immigration, to stop information from getting out. What are they doing? They're telling journalists, no, 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 no. You can't access this facility. Ah, COVID, COVID reasons. Can't risk you spreading coronavirus. So they're keeping journalists out of the facility so they can't report on it, can't videotape it, can't picture it. Oh, but they have a second part strategy as well. All right, we've got the journalists out here, guys, but we've got to do something with all these illegals. What are we going to do? They're shipping them. Jesse, where are they shipping them? Everywhere everywhere within the United States of America. They're sending illegal immigrants, many COVID positive, we know that now, by the thousands all over the United States of America. Many, most, they're dropping them off at Catholic charities without even a date. They have to show back up for their immigration hearing. Oh, here you go, Juan. Uh, Look, we don't know when we're going to get to you, so uh, enjoy your time in America. Hopefully, we'll be able to track you down when we need you. Have a good one. The Catholic Charities, sending them away, putting them up in hotels at a hotel near you. Oh, don't worry. You'll get familiar with them. 
You'll figure out who's coming here. How will you figure that out? Well, just wait to the next parent-teacher conference because their kids are going to fill up the schools with your kids. When your kid can't get ahead in school because we have to do the bilingual thing and his 15-person class just became a 45-person class, you'll know why. Just wait to the parent-teacher conference, strike up a conversation. If you speak Spanish, then you'll figure out exactly what's going on in this country. To say this is a crisis would be putting it mildly, but does it count as a crisis when it's done on purpose by the President of the United States? That almost sounds like it should be called something else, right? I don't think we can call it a crisis when it's intentional. And look, it's not a mystery. They know it's bringing in crime. They know it's bringing in disease. That's inevitable. When you have uncontrolled illegal immigration, those things come no matter what. And look, they get another benefit from it. I mean, Dick Durbin made the horrible mistake of saying the quiet part out loud. The demographics of America are not on the side of the Republican Party. The new voters in this country are moving away from them. Hmm. The, the new voters, huh? Where are we getting these new voters? Why do you think that border's open? Why do you think they're so committed to keeping it open? Don't tell me, Jesse, they're not anti-American. Yes, they are. I don't care about the things they say. I don't care, hand on the chest, pledge of allegiance. I don't care. Don't tell me what you care about. Show me what you care about and show me how much you care about it. If you read that story in the newspaper tonight and you saw Jesse's thrown open his house to every bum and criminal in Houston, you would say he doesn't care about his family, he doesn't care about his home, and you'd be right. Don't tell me people who are purposely keeping our southern border open actually care about what's happening in the United States of America. Don't tell me that, because it's not true. Oh, and they really care about people fleeing oppression, right? I mean, remember, most of these people are applying for asylum. They're fleeing oppression. That's weird, because people in Cuba right now are fighting against the communist regime. They've been stuck living under communism forever. It's all they've ever known. And now they're desperate to flee. What did we tell them? What did we tell them? That scumbag Mayorkas got up behind the microphone and said, oh, you're not welcome from Cuba. Keep your butt down in Cuba. Have fun in Havana, <laughs> losers. That's what we told them. I wonder why. It's weird why we wouldn't want Cubans, right? Oh, I bet I know why. Because the Cuban people who've managed to escape and legally immigrate to the United States of America, I know several of them, they're absurdly freedom-loving, America-loving, and they're currently all over the country sounding the alarm about what's happening right here in this country. That's a fact. We got Congressman Chip Roy. He's been one of the great ones coming up next. All that may have made you uncomfortable. But I'm right. We have a great special for you tonight. Hang on.
What in the world is happening at the border? Joining me now to talk about that is Mark Morgan. He is the former acting commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, now with the Heritage Foundation. Mark, a lot of people have seen this video under the bridge of what looks to be a thousand people coming into the country. Can you, all politics aside, break it down? Who are these people? Where are they coming from? Where are they going? Are they going to be allowed in? What's happening? You know, first of all, although the premise, let's put all politics aside, Jesse. You're absolutely right. This is not a right or left bank. This is an American thing. What you're seeing right now is you said thousands of migrants, they're kept under a bridge. And why? Well, because it's the only place that allows at least some shade and in, in weather that with the heat index is well over 100 degrees. It's raining and storms. It's the only place they can get some sort of shelter. And why? Because in two stations where that bridge is, uh, in the Rio Grande sector, they've had over 10,000 illegal aliens in custody. 8,000 are unprocessed as of last week. And here, get this, you know what their capacity is for those two stations? A little over 600. And they have 10,000. Oh. Look, in the Border Patrol's own words, this is unsustainable. It's lunacy. They're overwhelmed. Take whatever adjective, but right now, that's what we have on our Southwest border. Okay, Mark, now just, again, logistically speaking, eight to 10,000, they can hold 600. So what exactly is happening? Where are they going? They got them stacked up like sardines in there? They, they do, and again, Jesse, look, I, I, the way you're phrasing this is spot on. It's common sense. Think about it, Border Patrol, this is not their fault. This is a catastrophic crisis created by this administration. They don't have capacity, so what do you think's happening? They're, they're releasing them, they have no choice. Their conditions are dangerous, it's unsustainable. So Border Patrol, once again, is forced to release individuals who have broken their country, illegally entered, and then turn themselves over to Border Patrol. Right now, this administration, with unaccompanied minors and families and some single adults, I'm being concerned when I say they release around 270, 280,000 migrants in, into uh, our, our communities and throughout the United States. Catch and release that under Trump administration, we ended, we removed that incentive. It's back on with this administration. That's one of many reasons why you're seeing the catastrophic numbers that we're seeing right now. Mark, for those who don't know, what is catch and release? What does that mean? Yeah, so that's a very good question. A, a, a few years ago, there was a horrible lower court judicial case that said that unaccompanied children and families, that the United States, we cannot detain them more than 20 days. We fought that hard because we said, hey, look, it takes more than 20 days to get through immigration proceedings. On average of those detained, about 60 to 90 days. The judge said, don't care, uh, because the judge knew that 20 days, it would force the United States to release individuals who illegally enter. So that's what started the term catch and release. And that's what really started, and we really saw in 2019, the crisis. But under the Trump administration, he, we, we stopped that. It was called the Remain in Mexico program. Instead of releasing individuals that illegally entered, instead of releasing them to the United States, Jesse, we apprehended them and we returned them to Mexico as they're awaiting their hearings in the United States. It de-incentivized that, it removed that, that loophole, and it ended catch and release by uh, by February of 2020, we saw a 75% reduction in illegal crossings. This administration on day one got rid of uh, the Remain in Mexico program. Another reason why our borders are wide open and the numbers are coming. Mark, I hate to ask a stupid question, but I'm stupid. So I do that from time to time. So I'm going to ask it. This doesn't sound 
unconstitutional. This sounds like something the court somewhere, maybe all the way up to the Supreme Court, maybe a lower court. This sounds like something the courts would step in and stop. But am I an idiot? No, you're absolutely not. And look, actually, I think you're spot on. This is why we've been saying that this is well beyond a humanitarian crisis. It's well beyond a border crisis. It's well beyond a national security crisis. It's also a constitutional crisis. Look, under, uh, 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 there's more than one article in the Constitution that we believe that this president is abdicating his open responsibility to enforce the rule of law and the laws that we have to safeguard our country. The Immigration Nationalization Act, we believe, is being violated every single day by this administration, and specifically HS Secretary Mayorkas. It, it is absolutely a constitutional crisis. And look, there's already been a couple of states like Texas who has pushed back on this administration, and they won. And we need more states to do that. What can the individual states do and what can't they do? Look, I live in Texas, so obviously this affects me personally. But let's say Governor Abbott, I'm not saying he is or isn't, really wants to secure his border. What's he allowed to do as a governor and what's he not allowed to do? So what he can't do is he can't enforce federal law. So he cannot enforce the Federal Immigration Nationalization Act with respect to our borders. But what he can do and what he is doing, though, is enforcing state law. For example, he made a, a declaration of emergency for the state of Texas. It took lower grade misdemeanors and, and enabled him to, to make them class A misdemeanor, like a, a trespassing or a, a drug smuggling, and actually gave them the ability within Texas to actually in, uh, uh, enforce the law and apply consequences. Look, he's pushed back the AG, uh, Governor Pax, I mean, the AG Paxson in Texas has stepped back and pushed back against the Biden administration and sued and won with respect to the stopping of deportations for the first 100 days. Uh, Governor, uh, right now, Abbott is saying that he's going to build the wall, an effective tool that, that the border toll needed to safeguard the borders. So there are things that states can do. I think Texas is leading the way, but we need more states to step up and do what Texas is doing, Jesse. Now, you brought up the wall. I know this was something that was something Trump was hot on. He campaigned on it. I know it was something that was actually being built when he was president. But it's not anymore, and I can't figure out why. Because I believe the project, correct me if I'm wrong here, was already funded and already underway. Why are they not still building it? Yeah, that's a good question. First of all, I think actually by stopping a building wall, it's actually unconstitutional. I, there, you know, there, there's called appropriations law that, like you said, you know, just last year in 2021, $1.375 billion was allocated by Congress as part of the law to build the wall. And this administration said, nope, we're not going to do it. it it's, it's just unbelievable to me that there hasn't been more pushback. And right now, it's, it's actually cost taxpayers about $2 billion to not build the wall. And the last point that I'll say is, look, the wall system has been proven decade after decade as an effective impedance denial tool and, and part of that multi-layer strategy in infrastructure, technology, and personnel. No border choice will ever tell you that the wall is, is the end-all to be-all, but they will tell you as part of that multi-layer strategy, everywhere where that strategy is applied, every single measure of success improves along the southwest border. And the last thing I'll say about the wall system is it's not about illegal immigration. It's about border security. 
illegal immigration is not exclusive from the vast complex threats, uh, set of threats we face them from outside our borders. They're all interconnected. And when you have one crisis and our borders open to one threat, it's opened up to every threat and every crisis. Right now, we have uh, 300,000 godaways that have gotten past the, our frontline defense, made their way to every town, city, and state. There are criminals among them. Gang members and drugs continue to pour in the open borders we have because of this administration. Mark, it was my understanding, now this was probably, gosh, this is back when I was running for Congress, 15 years ago, I would guess, that about 50% of the illegal immigrants coming into the country were actually Mexican, about 50% were OTMs, other than Mexican, Central America and places like that. It's my understanding those numbers have actually changed now, that we don't actually have an overwhelming amount of, of Mexicans coming across. This is more of a Central and, and even South American issue. Do I have that right? You do, and, and actually, I'll add to that. It, it's, it's actually, over the years, because of our broken immigration system, it's expanded well beyond Central America. Tessie. It's actually expanded well beyond the Western Hemisphere. On average, Border Patrol apprehends illegal aliens from 140 different countries throughout the world, you name it, including the Middle East, Afghanistan. Uh, I can keep going, Romania, Haiti, Cuba. I, I, I can keep going on and on, Jesse. So this is no longer, uh, uh, definitely not an issue with Mexico, and is well beyond Central American countries. In fact, it's well beyond the Western Hemisphere. And that's why we also saw, say it's a national security issue. You, the cartels are not the only one that change their tactics and explore our laws. Terrorists, terrorists, they're still unwavering in their commitment to cause harm to the United States. And you don't think they're taking a look at our open borders to see how they can exploit that? If you don't think that, you're naive. Is there something more the average citizen can be doing right now, Mark? When I talk about borders, honestly, my email inbox fills up with people saying, what can we do? Why aren't we doing something? Is there anything we can do? Yeah, I think, I think that's the most important question. Look, I hear all the time, Jesse, 2020 matters, uh, 2022 matters, right? I absolutely agree. I'm not saying that doesn't, but look, we can't wait for that. We need action now. And I keep saying, we keep saying that states are a last line of defense. This administration has clearly shown where they're at, but this is about a perceived political benefit and they're opening our borders and they're double and tripling down on those open border policies. And they're lying to the American people about the consequences to our country because of it. But states need to step up. So I'm telling the average citizen, talk to your state legislator, reach out to your uh, state's attorney general and your governor, force them to get involved like Texas, like Governor Abbott, like A.G. Paxton, and Governor DeSantis in Florida has stepped up as well as in a, a couple of others. But we need states to do more. We need them to file lawsuits. We need them to push back on the unconstitutional and un-American policies right now by this administration. Mark, I appreciate you very much, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'll be back. Joining me now, Senior Research Fellow for Homeland Security, Laura Reese. Laura, we've seen all the videos. We've seen all these eye-popping numbers about people pouring into the country. One question I have for you, I can't ever get an answer on it. Specifically, where are these people being shipped to? Do we know? Is there like one area more concentrated than the other? I think they're being sent all over, uh, but you make a good point in that it needs more tracking. 
uh, both by Department yeah. of Homeland Security and by um, Health and Human Services, who are responsible for the, the minors. Okay, speaking of the minors, the, the numbers of minors are shocked. I mean, we're hearing numbers like 19,000 in a month. That is unbelievable. Can you explain why minors unaccompanied? Who is sending these, these kids? Where are they going once they get here? What is this minors thing? So the family situation can vary. It may be that a parent is already in the U.S. and they are bringing up a child to join them or the parent is in Central America and sending the child on ahead because they know that child will get into the U.S. and therefore is a foothold to get into the U.S. and at a later date, the parent can join the child. But here is why children are getting in in the numbers that they are. And in July, yes, it was 19,000 unaccompanied children. I would note Secretary Mayorkas just held a press conference and finally announced the July numbers. He said that the overall numbers has risen 13% to 212,000. He did not say the numbers for unaccompanied alien children, so I can't imagine it's good news. But going back to why so many unaccompanied children, two reasons. One, Secretary of Homeland Security keeps saying, if you come here as an unaccompanied child, you will not be turned away. So of course, that's going to incentivize more parents to send their children unaccompanied because they know they will get in. Second is the law that the Democrats introduced and passed back in 2008. It is literally what's called the Unaccompanied Alien Child Protection Act. And it showers benefits on unaccompanied children. It says you have to parole them in because they're children. You have to uh, give them taxpayer guardian ad litem because they're children. You cannot put them in expedited removal and on and on and on. Then a few years later, the left argues, well, we have to give green cards to anyone who came in as children. It's perverse and intended or not, they have built an immigration system on the backs of children. Good grief. Okay, I, I, I don't even want to ask this question, but where are they going? Obviously, we don't have kids stacked up like sardines down there. I mean, we do, but at some point in time, they have to move them out somewhere. Where? Well, they're supposed to join a parent if they're here or a relative if they're here, guardian. Um, otherwise, if there's no qualifying parent or guardian, then a sponsor. And so then you're getting into some fuzzy territory here. And because the, the children number um, and so many, Health and Human Services is having difficulty finding adequate sponsors to uh, take these children in. And so you see this, the, the pipeline kind of back up and you see so many children at the HHS facilities. When they are scrambling to find sponsors, the standards will decrease. And that means they're going to be releasing them to sponsors who themselves could be illegal aliens, may have uh, minor, quote unquote, um, crimes uh, or criminal history. Uh, this is not going to end well for these children. And again, we still uh, don't know where all are, they're going because they're not being tracked and, the, and they should be. Is it possible to deport them ever? Or do we don't de we don't deport a single child whoever arrives here unaccompanied? That never happens. Well, under this administration, they're hardly deporting anybody, um, and that was the direction from the 
from day one, where they told Immigration and Customs Enforcement uh, to not deport anyone for the first 100 days. Now, a Texas judge uh, overruled that, uh, but the result is still that about 90% of ICE's work has just been halted. Um, so in terms of who is deported, it tends to be more single adult, single adult males. Um, the Department of Homeland Security put out a study in, in December tracking uh, a large number of people who came in from, I think, 2014 through 2019. And the family units were largely still here and the children were largely still here. Good grief. Laura Reese, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. 19,000 kids alone, kids alone in one month. And that number's going up. What, what does this look like at the end of four years? <laughs> you know what? I don't even want to ask the question. We got final thoughts coming up next. Maybe I'll ask it then. Hang on. Do they care? Do they care about illegal immigration? No, they don't care. Do they care about the disease coming across? No, they don't care. These people, the people running this country, they don't care about the disaster at the border. They don't even care about the horrific abuse these people face on their way into the United States of America from these coyotes and the cartels once they get here. That's another thing we don't talk about enough. The slave labor the cartels have within the borders of the United States of America because they ship these people here and the people who can't pay, they have to work it off. And that some of them obviously are doing normal jobs. Some of them are doing horrible, horrible things. My inside sources tell me you don't want to know the things going on within the borders of the United States of America at the behest of the cartels, and nobody cares. At least nobody in this administration. All right, we're going to stay on it, I promise. We'll do it again.